stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. The Everyman Podcast. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what. Big dog, Daryl Campbell. How are you, my brother? Man, I'm happy as hell, man. I'm with my bro, man. Dog, Mr. Miss you. Miss you, man. I miss you That's... too, man. I miss you yeah. too. It's, it's wild. Yeah. So as you can hear uh, by the introduction music, mm-hmm. Mrs. Everyman and I are uh, deep in the heart of Texas. We made it. <laughs> deep. Deep, deep, baby. Deep. <laughs> deep. All the way in there. And uh, I'll tell you what. It's been... I looked at the at the the episodes before we started recording, and I saw that this is ten episodes since I made the announcement that that, that we were moving to Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, ten weeks later, here we are. It's kind of crazy. It was, seemed like it was gonna it was forever away, and then you know, before I know it, we're uh, getting in the car and we're rocking out. And uh, yeah, dude. So uh, you know, it's time to tell a tale. <laughs> I'm here for it. And it's, let me tell you, you better strap in. Every man, every woman, strap in. I'm here for it, man. Strap in. Because we got ourselves a little bit of a wild tale. Okay. Now, I'll start with, you know, the going away party that we had. Uh, Shout out to the Odd Shout out to the Odd Logic boys. Nate and Tim uh, hosted us Mm -hmm. for a a great event. It was like a, it was like a dang love parade uh, for several hours. We had a lot of fun. Got to hang out with your family. All our families were together. Yep. Um, at people from all corners of uh, of uh, my life and, and my wife's life, uh, joining up and uh, to say goodbye to us and tell us tell us how they feel. And it was, it was. Uh, I mean, you know me, man. I'm an emotional guy. I cry a lot. Yep. I don't hide it. Yeah. And part of that is yeah. because when my and I was dealing with my own trauma, I just did the old stuff it down and deal with it later. And mm-hmm. so now, you know, anything that happens short of a stub toe. <laughs> I get, you know, I get a little, yeah, I get yeah. a little emotional. So None wrong leading, with it. leading wrong up with to it. leading up to leaving was one of the most emotionally difficult things I've done in my life. Um, it's no secret, you know, I'm I'm deeply connected to my friends and family. I mean, Absolutely. I know that sounds like a silly thing to say. Everyone is is connected, but uh, the the things that I that I went through in my younger years um, really shaped the relationships that I have now with, with these, these guys and gals. And uh, it was very difficult to leave them. And there was a, a lot of sadness leading up to it. Um, it was, it was, it was weird. It's the only way I can describe it because it's like, on one hand, it's like, it's not like I'm going to prison. Number one. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not like we're going to, I don't know, sub-Sahara Africa on right, a mission trip right. for six months yeah. or something like we're going a three-hour flight, you know, west, and mm-hmm. you know, people, everyone's going to come visit. I know you, you and I are already talking. We're planning. Hell a trip. yeah, dude! Um, but still, leaving is is tough. And one of the nice things was once we had nothing in the house uh, at our former house in Levittown, uh, we went over and stayed at my parents' house, mm-hmm. and it was it was a nice way to ease the transition out. And get to spend some real quality time with my with my parents, yeah. Uh, and you know, with uh, little Troy and my my friends came over and we were hanging out, drinking and playing video games uh, at my parents in my parents' backyard. You know, <laughs> all, sick, all night, just sick. like just like the old days. Um, it was 
it was great. So we'll start with we get up. Let's see, last Tuesday, mm-hmm. and every day, like I'm a, I like I like a road trip. You know, when I was when I my my previous post with the company that I'm working with now, working for now, I, I did a lot of traveling and a lot of road trips, and I was like a road dog for a while. And I would yeah, I'd get up, I'd go out, and I would g- go from town to town and stop in different hotels and do my my surveying and go to the next one and I would, I would have these great trips and I'd listen to audiobooks and I, I'm a master of roadside snacks and I would love, I love the yes. challenge. I love the challenge of like, how many miles can I go before I actually pee myself? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like when it gets to the point when you're stuck in New York after driving right. six hours right. and you're peeing in a Gatorade bottle in traffic. Pinch that penny, baby. That, to me, is a good ass time. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're doing a road trip with your wife and your dog you can't quite rough it out like that so being a man of the logistics world i you know thought let's let let me let me logistics this and and build my route and you know let's let's take a week off we we, you know it'll be make it make it easier to get there Mm -hmm. now it's about to use a trucking term it's about 1780 miles port to port Meaning, mm-hmm. leaving my parents' house in Levittown, Pennsylvania, to our new home in Fort Worth, Texas, 1760, Word. 1770, something like that. Now, if you did that straight, it's like 26 hours driving. Yeah. You can do it. Truck drivers do it all the time. Uh, but, again, when you got your wife and your dog, you can't just haul straight like that. Right. So, we got all our stuff loaded up on the trucks. Trucks are gone. All we had, basically, was each other. My sweet boy roads, mm-hmm. my firearms, <laughs> a PlayStation Five, yeah. Uh, let's see, essentials, roadies, essentials. roadies stuff, yep. and like one school bag each full of clothing, and we head out. Yeah. And we we planned it all. I planned it all really meticulously. So we get up, we leave. We got up at like five forty-five. Get on the road. At, we left by six twenty on the dot. Yeah. I wanted to be out of there at six twenty. Nice. I told my parents, I said, look, get it out now. Tomorrow morning, <laughs> we're getting up. My dad, my dad's Italian. He loves to try and feed you. Okay. And it's like, yeah. if you're, if you're sitting there for more than 30 seconds, can I make you a sandwich? Can I make you some spaghetti? Like, and you're like, no, thanks. I'm good, pop. And it's like five minutes later. Hey, do you want to, can I get you that? No, I'm good. Thanks. And, I was <laughs> like, and he's like, can I make you breakfast in the morning? And he's just trying to, my dad's trying to hope. hold on. Yeah. For as many minutes as possible. And I'm like, Dad. I'm like, Pop, listen. <laughs> I love you. I'll see you soon. No breakfast in the morning. We're getting up, and we're getting out of here. And no crying. Nothing. It's got to be happy. We're just, we're getting up, and we're, we're going to our future. Okay? Yep. So we get up. Everything goes as planned. 620, boom, out the door. We're waving goodbye to, goodbye to Levittown. Now, I had done so much crying and emotional reflection mm-hmm. leading up to this. That I had about nothing left. Right. And it was a little strange getting on, going through the town, getting on the turnpike for the the last time as a Pennsylvanian. Because I'll tell you what, spoiler alert, we're staying in Texas, okay? Yeah. We get on the road, we're we're cruising, we're cruising, we're having a great time. We're in the Cherokee, packed to the gills. I got like eight inches of of space so I could just see out. Just I, I looked up the laws. 
all you need to be able to do is like mm. you got to be able to see out where the mirror is. So it's like okay, so I could see out the back window where the mirror is, and we're gonna right. go. So we we cut across Pennsylvania, get off at the Bedford, Bedford exit, which is about halfway through PA. Yeah, and we go down through the wild and wonderful West Virginia. Now, West Virginia, mm-hmm. I had a lot of I had a lot of perspective on perspective. this trip, and a lot okay. of a lot of. Uh, interesting thoughts as I'm transitioning into this. Now, in Texas, you're not a Southerner. You're a Texan. Okay, so yeah. a lot of people think like, oh, you move into the South. Well, geographically, yes. However, Texas is its own thing, as I, of will, course. As I will soon discover. Now, yeah. I've been through my, my, my aunt, my uncle, my cousin, they lived in a little, they live in a little town called Buckhannon, West Virginia, about 5,000 people, real small college towns, about halfway Halfway through the state, right right by Morgantown, which is the, the capital. So I've been to West Virginia a lot growing up. I mm-hmm. love West Virginia. You know, West Virginia, Mountain Mama, take me home. They call it almost heaven for a reason because it's fucking gorgeous. And nice. I'm, and, and Sam had never driven through West Virginia. So I drove to, to Bedford to stop, take a pee, whatever. Sam takes over driving. Now, Sam's dad was a race car driver. All right. See, he taught her how to drive. She loves to drive. She's a great driver. And, and she puts that bad boy in sport mode, and she's just, you know, we got the fucking the, hauling the V six V six turbo in the in mm-hmm. the Cherokee. We were we were gunning, and you're going up and down the mountains and driving through and fro. And one of the things immediately that I thought, and I actually said to my wife, I said, you know, you hear a lot about how we don't have enough trees. And it seems to be coming from people who live in cities. They're the ones that are all like, we gotta. We got to conserve, <laughs> stop building, stop doing this and that. And, I, and then I actually said, I said, clearly, these people have never been to West Virginia. Because yeah. from the moment you get on I-79 in West Virginia, at the top, we drove all the way through, all the way through. Now, if you're looking at the map, I encourage everyone, yeah. nice, fun little exercise, which would be pull up a U.S. map for this conversation. Mm-hmm. Driving from the top of West Virginia, where it, it, it connects, but like so, it's like Pennsylvania. Then there's a little bit, maybe 50 miles, of Maryland that you have to cut through, which you got to be very careful driving through Maryland. Right, you got some different rules down there because of <coughs> DC and all that shit. It, it extends out there. Mm-hmm. Five six hours through West Virginia, all the way to the bottom of Charleston. Charleston, uh, and by the way, I think I saw signs for five different Charlestons driving through the south <laughs> it's like there's five charlestons there's 14 decaters uh you know I, I saw three different bostons it's like who i guess back in the colony days you could get away with shit like that be like yeah no, right. no this is boston boston kentucky and you're like well, no the this is the decatur not that and, <laughs> and it's to the point now where i'm not even sure which decatur is the decatur you know? Oh, man. I got no idea because I saw so yeah. many. You get down through Charleston. Now, West Virginia is just gorgeous. Like, I cannot yeah. stress the natural beauty that is driving through West Virginia. And there's a common theme on this tale of the of the trip, which is the, the perspective change of someone who's grown up in the northeast mm-hmm. Philadelphia suburbs City boy, you know, going into Philly all the time, going up into New mm-hmm. York, going mm-hmm. to Baltimore, going to D.C., all these places where you think this is America. This is this right, is right. this is the reality of this country. 
and as you're driving through, you start to realize, like, hmm, I'm pretty sure most of the country is actually more like this than the city stuff. Right. Now, this isn't a, again, this is not a political statement. It's just, it becomes apparent when you leave the Northeast Corridor that it's it's why it's called a corridor. It's of course, <laughs> you know, it just so just because <laughs> a lot of people live there because they're into being in cities doesn't mean it reflects the, the totality of the country, uh, both politically and physically and ge- geographically. And you notice a difference as you're going through and as you're going through and you stop different places, y- you start to see the difference in humanity the further away from mm-hmm. let's call it the tri-state area that you get. Right. Okay? Right. Now, right. Daryl, not everybody is as, let's call it, in, uh, socially enlightened as you and I are, where we, we love to talk to people. You and I, we just go talk to anybody. Right. You know, yeah. we're, we're positive, we're happy, we smile. Yeah. When I travel, and it, it, it you know, at times it drives my wife nuts and my friends, shout out to Big Jim, Mike Beatty. Him and I have a lot of tales from our travels where I would just, I'll talk to anybody and i really turn it up mm-hmm. when i'm somewhere where i don't mm-hmm. live because like in my head i'm like what do i have to lose i'm never gonna see this lady again i want to try and <laughs> right right I'll right i'll just right. flirt with this 70 year old lady just to just to make her smile you know or whatever stupid shit i'm doing and yeah w- and we're going down through west virginia we're stopping at the sheets and stuff and you start seeing like oh sheets bro dude and again like so i love good. wawa i love Wawa. So i grew up good. grew up on wawa people listen to this uh, all over the country what the hell is wawa wawa is like it's like a deli gas station in the Northeast. Now they're expanding everywhere. Known for their hoagies. Again, what's a hoagie? A hoagie is what some weirdos would call a sub sandwich mm-hmm. or a hero. I don't think I've ever heard anybody actually call it a hero. Yeah. That's like, I think that's old New Yorkers. Now I think everybody mm. in the Northeast calls it a hoagie. Right. Um, but you get to sheets and you can get like fried pickles and bro, cream cheese butt bro. plugs. And it's so good, bro. Mm. You can get just about anything you want at a Sheets. Sheets is dangerously good. Like, it's just, you can get, like, firearms in there, bro. It's Dude. crazy, man. Oh, it's man. like. You can get, you can get like, mozzarella sticks on a fried chicken sandwich with Dr. Pepper barbecue sauce. Fucking awesome. That's an actual menu item from a Sheets. Yeah. If you're in a Sheets territory, go ahead, check it out. Yeah. We're cruising through, but you find yourself, you're like, the people seem to be more friendly i am behaving in a more polite manner you know like when i would go into wawa especially mm-hmm. where i was working and i'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names here but i would go into the wawa and you would see the person we all know who they are we've seen them all yeah yeah yapping on their god dang speakerphone at right seven o'clock in the morning about dry cleaning or whatever the fuck like whatever mm-hmm. dumb shit that you have in your day-to-day life the people yelling on their speaker i don't understand yeah how any human can uh, can think it's socially acceptable why don't you just hold it up to your ear yeah like what is the difference between holding it to your ear and, and holding it out to your mouth so everybody can hear it for a conversation as meaningless as like oh this lady cut me off like i, I it's a pet peeve i can't stand it and you mm-hmm. know exactly what I'm talking about because my old office, not too far from yours, I'm sure if you stop in a Wawa early in the morning, you're like, what, what is this? What is going on? Yeah. And not even yeah. to mention, and I'm not even going to get into it, but my last Wawa oh, experience that I had. that place. Okay. Yeah. 
That shit was crazy. That's a whole yeah. that's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole different thing. That's a whole different A whole thing, different man. story. Now, you're like, am I am I just being nicer because they're being nice to me? And you know what the answer is? Yes. They're yeah. looking you in the eye. Hey, have a great day. And you're like, thank you, miss. You too. Now, I have always called people miss. I don't know if I've told this story, but early on, my first, you know, first gig at Best Buy, as I was like a 16-year-old, uh, iPod Mini, you know, that's how old this was. Oh, uh, yeah. iPod, iPod Mini is the bro. hottest shit on earth. And this, oh, yeah. this older woman, gra- you know, great-grandma age, was buying an, a blue iPod Mini. And I unlocked the counter, I pull the iPod out. Ring her up, put it in the bag, hand it to her. She goes, thank you. And I said, you're welcome, ma'am. This little old lady, I couldn't have been old, taller than five foot two, maybe 80 years old, grabs my forearm with the force of, I don't know, a 20-year-old man and <laughs> looks me in the eye and then with her other hand points at me in a very serious way and says, you never call a lady ma'am. It's always miss. Ma'am makes you feel old. And I went, you got it. So f- since I was 16, I don't call anybody ma'am. I don't care if mm. you're 150 fucking years old. I will <laughs> look you in the eye, call you miss, and compliment your outfit. Because this lady changed my life. And I'm sure, rest in peace, this woman is no longer with us. But I'm carrying oh, yeah. on that lesson. Yeah. So I, Legacy, I'm always baby. I'm always miss this, miss that. Thank you, miss whatever. And then you're like, "Oh, have a good day, sir." And it's not like a it's not like a sarcastic sir. Yeah. It's like a respectful thank you, sir. Yeah, bro. And now I'm like, I've been in Texas for five days. I'm calling everybody, sir. Thank you, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, miss. Miss, you know, at the office, Miss Cindy, hey, Mr. Hazel, hi, you know, like, that's just how people are. It's a, there's a, mm-hmm. a different level of respecting here. So now we're cruising through West Virginia. We're going through. The sheets is great. Dr. Pepper barbecue sauce all over my fingers. Yeah, that's awesome. Our first stop is Lexington, Kentucky. Mm. Home of the University of Kentucky. Home of the Kentucky Derby. It's horse country. There's horses everywhere. There's, I mean, talk about. A beautiful town. I mean, mm-hmm. Lexington, Kentucky is on my short list. It's probably in my top five towns I've ever been to. State capital, super old. Lexington, mm. another name where you'll see like Lexington, Kentucky, Virginia, Tennessee, Arkansas, South Carolina. Like, it doesn't matter. There's a Lexington in every state mm-hmm. south of the Mason-Dixon line. Every man and every woman. If you don't know what the Mason-Dixon line is, look that up. It's, it's a, it's, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. But you go south of Pennsylvania, boom, you're in Lexington territory territory. Now, we uh we get to Lexington, we get to this old old hotel, beautiful hotel. Um, yeah. We you know, and like and Kentucky is uh, what what do you what's Kentucky known for, Daryl, to you? To me? Yeah. I have no idea. What you know, what do you think of when you think of Kentucky? Mm. Chicken. Kentucky fried chicken. Yeah. I actually didn't put that together, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of two things prior to my trip there. Yeah. Kentucky bluegrass, which is like a very nice type of grass that people have That's on their lawns. It's pretty cool. And uh, bourbon. 
bourbon, ah, bourbon yeah. whiskey. Yeah. Okay? So that's like right. that's where that's from, and it's the only place, you, not the only place you can get it, but it's like the only place they make it, and like it's that's the whole economy there is like right is yeah. bourbon, and you know the bourbon trail, which is, you know when, the Kentucky River that eventually goes into the Mississippi River. You know the the all of the distilleries were on that river for the water so that they could run their their uh, water mills so they could have power and, and do all the things that they needed to do to make the grain and make the barrels and all that stuff. You know, in University of Kentucky basketball. Now, school's out, so it was pretty quiet. And I'm thinking, like, man, this is like a, it's like a Tuesday afternoon. Ain't nobody around here. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Quietest state capital I've ever been to. Had an awesome time. Went down to the riverfront. Found this, like, old, you know, beautiful decommissioned bridge with like holes in it and people are up there like drinking beer and like um, again you get through west virginia and into kentucky you're you might as well be in another country and i mean that i mean that in the best way possible now a lot of i know i look at the numbers i look where people are we got a lot of people in cities listen to the everyman podcast now i'm not telling you your way of life is wrong at all by any means, because that's been my way of life for 32 years, 32 and a half years. That's what I've known. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I can reflect back at times where I projected, you know, a simple simpleton or hillbilly, well, all these things like you think of uh, that, that northerners tend to uh, associate with the South. Mm-hmm. It, you know, but. I'll tell you what, I'm driving through there. I'm seeing a lot of Teslas, seeing a lot of solar panels, seeing a lot of big, beautiful, shiny buildings. I'm seeing a lot of banks, you know? I mean, I mm-hmm. think they are onto something down there. Yeah. Not to mention, dude, you're going through horse country, and some of these houses, ran- they're not even houses, they're estates. The most land, like, it's like the most land I've ever seen, and then all the way at the back, like, it's f- almost at the fucking disappearing point is like this incredible mansion ranch you know and wow. horses riding around and then it's like you look up, up on Zillow and you're like that's like attainable like it's crazy like to think that like you could, <laughs> and everywhere we went the common thing was like I wonder how much land is here like everywhere we went we were like huh this rules so we get up we tried to break up the trip in, in a couple chunks so Go. Couple stops, couple yeah, stops. First, first leg was like the longest, was ten hours to Lexington. But we got up wow. early, we got in town, and we hauled ass. We maybe stopped, uh, I don't know, twice to get there. Now, yeah, I'll tell you what, we picked the perfect time to go on a seventeen hundred mile road trip in a V six with a turbo, packed to the gills with shit. A uh, lot of money on gas. Nice. But I'll tell you what it was weird. Didn't pay a single toll. After I left Pennsylvania. And guess what, Daryl? All the roads, perfect. Wow. Really makes you wonder, what the fuck have I been paying tolls for in Pennsylvania? Oh, and they're still going up here, too, man. Like, it's like. Dude, when I tell you. way robbery, bro. We did not pay a toll from West Virginia to Texas. Doesn't, doesn't make sense. All the five, six lane highways, 75 miles an hour. No potholes, no construction, no bullshit. Everything's mm-hmm. fine. Everything's yeah. fine. It's crazy. Yeah. It's weird. Weird yeah. how that works out. Next day, we get into Nashville. Nashville was about four hours south. Now, 
the Everyman Podcast has a lot of former guests, future, former, current, every man, every woman mm-hmm. down in Nashville. We get into town, we hit up every man, Mike Gowan. Check that one. That's way back in the archives, right at the yeah. beginning of COVID. Mike Gowan's the man. Uh, I played played in a band with him. Awesome musician. He's a great college athlete. Uh, personal trainer, professional musician, just all around every man. Got to meet his wife and their sweet little uh, Pitbull mix, Marshall. Marshall and Rhodes hit it off. It's a hell of a name. Love Marshall. Marshall. Yeah, you know, the whole guitar thing. I thought that was a great, great name for a sweet boy. Yeah. And um, interesting fun fact. So his wife is a vet, veterinarian. Mm. And her job previously, she worked at the ASPCA. She was a forensic veterinarian. Do you have any idea what that is, Daryl? A forensic veterinarian? Mm-hmm. That sounds special. So Swanky. The position she had at the ASPCA, she f- replaced the in- investigator who uh, worked on behalf of the FBI for the Michael Vick dogfighting case. Oh. So her job, at up till recently, was to go into these horrible situations uh, where animals were, you know, being abused and it's criminal activity and organized crime and she would prove help prove the the case from a forensic perspective that you know these these injuries sustained to the animals were not you know uh just run of the mill because that's that's like i I come to find out like that's basically the excuse they always try to do is like nah the dogs fight they're dogs they were fighting each other and it's like come on yeah 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 they don't do that yeah, his ears hanging off, but you know. Right. And, like, you know, we're dog lovers, we're dog owners. And I oh mean, yeah. that is not to get on that again, a whole other podcast. But whole in my opinion, you, you, there's, I, I, there's, a, there's a clear hierarchy in the, in the sentience of animals. You know, the very bottom is like insects, the very top are dogs. It's, it's proven dogs evolved you know side by side with humans mm-hmm. and dogs and humans they've done m- many studies dogs can innately understand humans from you could you could take uh, you could take a golden retriever breed it for seven generations where all seven of those generations never encounter a human and then generation number eight be- is a puppy and the puppy comes out and a human just points to something and the dog knows to go to it yeah it's there's some shit going on there that people mm-hmm. can't understand. And it's like you have a dog and you that you really love and you really foster it, and you're like, man, I think he like he really understands me. Like sometimes you just I look at Rose, it's like I don't even see a dog. It's like a person. It's a little yeah, a little dude. furry person. It's weird. Yeah. And there's yeah. something going on there. So for me, you and you engage in that activity, you're about as unwelcome in my circle. Uh, as you could be, and there's one other thing other than that, and we all know what that is. And again, we're not going to get into that because this is a whole different no, podcast. No, no, podcast. Whole <laughs> podcast. So we get into Nashville. Now, all I hear about Nashville is like, oh, man, it's the best. Don't fall in love with Nashville. You're going to love it. And I'll tell you what. It's not that I didn't love it. What? It's like way too fucking congested there's too many people Whoa. there yeah you like, know what it is it, it's like it a, is. It, i'm sure five years ago it was super charming yeah and there's some charming aspects of it but it was like 
not built for the amount of people that were there. And we're there in the middle yeah. of the week, not even any yeah. shit going on. And it was just too much people. And, and I met up with some work friends down there, some colleagues from, from my, my client uh, at my job, and, and they took us out. We had a great time, had a, had a few beverages. And then I got to spend some quality time with my big bro, Dusty. Um, yeah. Dusty Wayne. Every man, uh, legend, guitarist, Grammy nominated between the Barry to me. He's been a mentor to me. He's been a, he's a brother. Uh, he's the reason I have I, I, that I'm married to Sam. I, I met her th- by way of hanging out with him. Uh, wouldn't have Roadie without him. Wouldn't have had the mm-hmm. opportunity to record with Jamie King without him. He has been a a substantial part of my adult life, and I am like forever grateful to him and he's oh yeah we had some uh we had an amazing day we we got together we went to this he took us around town and and we saw all this cool shit yeah Uh, like just beautiful parks lakes we hung out at a lake and roadie went into the lake and was flapping around (laughs) then uh we went back to his house and it was like i don't know four o'clock next thing i know it's 12 30 and we just sat there and talked and you know, Sam was sitting on the couch talking with us, and she would just listen for parts. And at one point, I turned over to her and I said, you know, I think Dusty and I just had the best podcast ever for an audience of one that was not recorded. It was like mm-hmm. like the, mm-hmm. the, the stuff we were talking about was deep. And him and I yeah. have both been going through some things, and we're both going into new stages in our lives. And it was really, it was really special. And uh, nice. I, it was nice. like what I needed on this trip, like – because he's somebody I look up to so much and mm-hmm. to hear like somebody, you know, who struggles like you that you look up to and that it overcomes that. And it's like, it gives you, gives you the juice to keep going and yeah, um, shout out to Dusty and the BT band boys. And, Dust. and Dusty wanted me to, to say, you know, he's, he's looking forward to coming back on soon. He's, he's got a couple things he wants to talk about. And, and nice. in the next couple of weeks, uh, the dust man is, is uh, going to make his return. Um, now, now is when it starts to get interesting. Nice. So we were out all day. All day. We go back to the hotel. Now, we just kind of got there, dumped our shit, and left. Right. And uh wasn't a cheap hotel. There's really no cheap hotels. Boston and Nashville, apparently no cheap hotels. There's no nah. nothing. And not that and not that I'm a cheap hotel guy, but like if it's like again, when I was on the road for work, I'll stay in a fucking red dildo in it doesn't matter to me you know <laughs> like it, it's that's three rungs below a red roof in is the red dildo and right. uh but you know i've got my beautiful wife my dog we're on this we're on this trip and it's like we're gonna try and stay in some nice places so this place has nice reviews we get there right. dump our shit we roll out we're gone all night we come back it's uh i don't know 11 30 hopping into bed pull back the sheets holy shit there is what I can only assume to be a prolific amount of pubic hair. Oh! Long, dark, and curly. Okay? All over the fucker. And, like, Sam Sam was, like, in the bathroom or something, and I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, loud. And she thought, like, I hurt myself or something. Because I'm like, fuck, now I gotta deal with this. There's no way we're sleeping in this bed. Not a chance. Yeah. So, take take a few photos. Ugh. Go downstairs. Talk to the nice gal. Now, I'm not going to name this establishment. Right. And I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. Ultimately, they made everything right. 
However, it was a treacherous two nights. Oh, my gosh. I go down. I'm talking to this young lady. Now, as I go down, I pass this, let's call it a crew of miss, just, let's just say shitballs. They're shitballs. They're like, there's some guys, like, they're there for a work trip. I think they were like a rigging crew. Miscreants. Miscreants, yeah. Uh, But they are visibly completely intoxicated mm. and as i'm coming down the hotel it's 11:45 or whatever and uh two guys are fighting each other like actually fighting each other physically oh, fist fighting cuffs, fist cuffs, fist cuffs in the lobby no one else is there now i'm walking by and i'm thinking hmm maybe they should call security and i'm thinking like oh there's gotta be security it's fucking nice nashville <laughs> hotel right by the airport there's gotta be security here or like at least somebody so I go to the desk, and I'm like, hey, listen, uh, two things. One, my bed's covered in pubes. <laughs> two, are you aware of what's going on over here? And she's like, lovely gal. She's like, yeah. And she's upset. She's visibly upset. Apparently, they had said something to her as well, and they were, they were not nice about what they said to her. Uh, I believe there may have been some racial uh, issues, let's call it. Racial wow. overtones to it. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm having a tough night. She's the overnight girl. She's by herself. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Just uh, can you get me a new room? And I was like, can you just get me another room on the same floor? We're tired. We'll go sleep in that room tomorrow morning. I'll move our stuff over. Yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. So she gives us the room key, and I, I, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. Go back up. And I was like, ah, you know what? Let's just move our stuff over anyway. Like, we don't have that much stuff. It felt weird leaving our stuff in another room that you're not, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially, it's like, we can, I've got our work laptops. Dude, you don't want your stuff with pubes, bro. No, no one wants their stuff with no, pubes. No way, no way. My, my podcasting rig, I got all the essentials that I need, okay, to have on this trip. So we move all this shit over. And then Sam's like, ugh. And I'm like, what, babe? And she's like. The air conditioner doesn't work. And it's like fucking 95 degrees, you know, in Nashville. And I'm like, <sighs> okay. So I pick up the phone. Guess what? Dude, this is their new room? Yeah. What? I know. I pick up the phone to call down. Fucking phone doesn't work. So I'm like, all right. Oh. All right. No problem. And she had upgraded us to like a suite. No problem. Go back down. Hmm. Now. Was it really sweet? Now, go back down. The shitballs are even drunker, and now another one is there. And this guy, mm. I would have to say he's about your height, but about as wide as two of you in the wrong way. All right? So he's mm. a, let's call him a fat fuck. All right? Mm. And, okay. That, and, okay. and this is, you know, no disrespect to the body positive community. You do what you do, but this guy was a fat piece of shit. Okay? <laughs> And he's hammered. Like you can, and then they're they're drinking in the lobby now. Now that somehow they got two cases of beer. They're sitting in the lobby. They're screaming and yelling. Now it's like one o'clock in the morning by by this time. And then they say they say a couple things to me as I go by that I won't repeat. Like they're talking about the girl at the front desk. They're saying something about me because I was like, I'm actually wearing what I was wearing then. I've got two different shades of camo on. I've got camo shorts on. My camo. Tank top here, and I'm, I'm tired. Right, my bro. I got my I got my fucking USA Crocs on, and I go up to the guy. I'm like, "Listen, this is bullshit. 
Like, I'm sorry. I know this isn't your fault. But, like, we got to make this right. I'm not paying for this. Give me another room. We're going to check out in the morning. And we're either going to go find another hotel here or we're just going to drive down to Memphis or something. We're just we're going to leave town. This is bullshit. It's two, almost 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm not having this. Right. And I'm like, and, you know, what's going on? Again, like, what is going on with these guys over here? Like, they're they're, like, violently fisticuffs. And they're saying shit about me, and then they're saying shit about you. Like, are you going to do something about this? Is there someone you can call? Can you call a manager? Can you call security? Perhaps the police would be a good group to call at a time like this. Now, here's where I went wrong, Daryl. Mm. Here's where it all went wrong. Mm-mm. And uh, she goes, ah, I, I don't know what to do. I'm the only one here. They told me not to call the police unless, you know, somebody's bleeding, and I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to lose my job. Um, fucking bleeding what right and she's like can you like can you ask them to like calm down and i was like sure big mistake mm. big fucking mistake so she's like oh, i'm gonna get you in another room and she's writing down all this shit and giving me the manager's cell phone number for the morning and all this stuff so i go over and i'm like hey guys now my tone might have been a little hot because i was a little hot but I was like, hey, yeah. guys, yeah. come on. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. This girl's upset over here. Like, can you guys just, like, chill out a little bit? Like, she's having a real rough night. I can hear you on the third floor, which was the truth. Because, like, when I got in the elevator, I could hear these fucking assholes screaming, hooting, hollering, fighting, saying horrible mm-hmm. shit. So the aforementioned fat fuck stands up, and he's towering over me. I'm a modestly sized young man, mm-hmm. five foot nine and a half ish okay? Mm-hmm. And this guy gets in my face, literally, bumps me with his gut, oh. and comes, puts oh. his head down, and now I'm, I'm, I'm touching my nose on the microphone right here, mm. as you can hear, and he touches his stupid, stinky, smoky nose to my nose and says, what the fuck are you going to do about it? And he call, oh, God. And, and then he calls me the F word. Mm. Calls me the F word. Now... I stand there. It's fucking go time, bro. I stand there and I'm looking around. There's six dudes. They're all hammered. And me. And no security. Mm. And no. And before you're like, oh, you just fucking punch him in. No. There's six guys. I've got shit. You know, like, I'm not going to disclose other things. But let's just say, like, I'm always prepared for anything. Let's just put, Mm -hmm. let's just leave it at that. Okay. Right. Always. Right. At all times. I'm almost right. always prepared. And I happen to have preparations. I grabbed yeah. some things from the car yeah. on my travels. Right. And I'm thinking, it's like flashing. I'm like, okay, I may be in a situation here where I'm either A, about to get my ass kicked, or B, it's going to go horribly wrong in the other direction. Right. I may be forced. Okay. And I stood there, I stood my ground, and I said, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do anything. You can do something. Do you want to do anything? And he just looked at me, and then his other buddy, I think they got, I think my calmness in the moment, in my, and, and I'm not, I'm not, and because I, I watched, they had it on camera, and the lady pulled the thing around and showed me, because she recorded it, they tried to kick them out of the hotel after this. The other guys pull him back, and I was like, yeah, that's right. Get your fucking asshole out of here, right? 
And yeah. I'm not a guy that gets into like, I don't get into confrontations. I don't go and get into bar fights. I don't hang out at anywhere past midnight because that's the, o- the only bad things happen after midnight yep. in, in public. Yep. So I go into the elevator. I'm like, all right. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll call the police and ruin your night. And I saw the company they worked for. I looked up the company they worked for. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll just ruin your night. I don't know. So one of the other guys follows me to the elevator. Puts his, try, like, I'm hitting the door close button, and I'm still maintaining eye contact with them. Because when you're in a situation like this, it's always good to maintain direct no, eye contact. No, you have to. Because yeah. you don't want to appear like you're, you know, you don't, it's not an ego thing. You just, you need them to understand that you're paying attention and you're locked in. And, like, whatever right. they decide to do, it's not going to be easy for them. Right. In a non-threatening manner. Like, right. the goal, as, you know, when you're young, you're like, yeah, I'll kick their ass. No. The goal when you're 32 with a wife and a dog upstairs and a life and a career is to maintain your calm, let them be assholes, and get yourself out safely. That's the goal. Right. Yep. So I get back into the elevator. This fucking guy smacks the door closed, put, comes in my face. Well, that was weird. He didn't come in my face, but he put, <laughs> comes, up, <laughs> comes up in my grill. And, wow. uh, and and he's like, so what floor are you on, P-word? And I'm like, none of your business, bud. None of your business. And I'm like, get get the fuck out of my face. Like, just get yeah. out. Get up. Get out, fella. Right. So we go up, get to the other room. I come in, and Sam's like, what just happened? Because I'm sweating profusely now. Because the, all the adrenaline, like, I was I was. Ready Wired, to go. Bro. I was ready to go in a way that I it's I, I don't think I've ever been that ready to go in a while. Right. In a long time. Right. Yeah. And I'm like struggling to get it out. And I was like, I just almost got into a, a really bad situation. There's these guys down there. There's se- six or seven of them. And they came up on me. And, you know, <clears throat> I was upset and I was like hot. And I was like, you know, you get into an adrenaline situation. You're shaky a little bit. My voice was cracking. I was like fucked up. And I'm thinking, like, well, these guys are here. Like, how do I know? Like, they, they could just be, they could just be waiting for whatever. So, like, I finally wind down, like, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, get into a hotel room, no pubes, no, the air conditioner works, the phone works, great. I get up the next morning, I go down, go down to the, to the lobby. And who, who do I see? Is these assholes are having breakfast. And what are they? Immediately, they're like, oh, there's that F word from last night. Right at fucking oh. eight o'clock in the morning, these guys, and I just maintain eye contact. I'm like, hmm. and they went, "Did you call the police, pussy?" And I was like, "No, no, I didn't." I was like, "No, I let. I, I just, you know, it was easier to let you guys go." And they're like laughing, haha, yeah, whatever. And uh, talk to the general manager. I walk him through the whole thing. Now I'm, I had the night to rest, relax. Yeah. And I'm walking him through this evening of events and he's like holy shit and like so he goes and i'm like so now these guys have seen me with my wife and my dog walking through here they know what floor i'm on because of the whole situation they heard overheard i'm like i you need to get them out of here like you got to get rid of them one way or the other i'm not comfortable with this and guess what i'm not fucking paying for this so let's work that out but i was like super cool calm and i was like look man I'm like the the ideal person for you to have had this happen to. I was like, I'm pretty sure 
anyone else, this this could have escalated into an actual bloodbath last night. And yeah. like I maintained my cool and left calmly. My man Dylan takes care of everything. But then guess what? Of course they did. They fucking triple triple banged my credit card. And right. you know, like they did there was just it was like they still were fucking me even though they were making things right. It was crazy. So right. everything gets resolved, you know, shake hands, uh, whatever. He he goes and watches the f- the footage and he's like he calls me and he's like man i wish i had audio on this and he's like you like you stood your gr- you just you stood there you you like you held your own you stood your ground there was he's like i don't know that i would have done that you know he's like i see the guy going after you in the elevator he sees all the shit so like he's he's verified all this happened they had I, he was trying to he couldn't identify the room they were in so that he wasn't able to kick them out of the hotel. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I said, you know what, bud? That's the way they behave on a Wednesday night. Like, they're eventually going to do that somewhere else in another town in the South. And they're going to encounter someone who doesn't have their shit together. And then they're going to have a real, there's going to be a problem for them. You know? Right. And I said, I'm not worried about it. They'll, they'll get there. So they, they make up for it. Now, we're leaving. And I, I always notice Jeeps. We're, I'm a Jeep guy. I always am looking at Jeeps when I see them. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Oh, it's a silver, silver two-door. Oh, he's got a cool roof rack, whatever. When we had parked the night before, I noticed the Jeep. And I usually park next to other Jeeps because it's like a Jeep person thing, like an idiot. But I did. I chose not to. I was like, you know what? Let me park under the light. Just, you know, yeah, under the light, right? Right. I'm loading up the car. Sam's getting ready to the bathroom. And I hear, like, the uh, unmistakable sound of broken glass. And I look over at this guy, and, and I walk over, and I'm like, hey, man, what happened? He's like, man, something broke into my fucking Jeep last night. And he's brushing. The guy, I was parked two cars over from this dude, and I had all our shit in the car, laptops for work, like, you know, all sorts of shit, personal documents, like important records. Right. And this, and this dude's Jeep gets smashed into. Wow. So I was like, you know, and again, <coughs> now maybe this – colors my opinion of nashville a bit i don't know so i was like you know what time to go we head off to hot springs arkansas another beautiful ride now hot springs arkansas quite honestly the best town i've ever been to absolutely gorgeous it's built on a thermal hot spring nice and it's like all from like the 1920s 1930s and it's like 1920s glamour you know like big giant marble everything you know the hotel gave me like a physical key for our room i was like what is this that's awesome bro i don't think i've ever gotten a key to to the to a hotel and the whole town is like a southern tourist spa town they have all these bathhouses that are spas that are built on the thermal hot springs you walk around the park there's these these mineral waters so we get there we check in after a couple hometown of president bill clinton is a spa town kind of ironic we go in, we are like, oh, let's uh, let's go for take Ruddy for a walk. Grab our stuff, we take a walk. We stop at this little park, and I like to take pictures of Sam when we go places. Send it to my family, yeah. send it to her family. I'm like, hey, babe, let me take your picture. So she walks over. She's got this little black wallet purse thing, you know, like a I don't know, like a wristlet or something. Like you can put all sorts of shit in there. Yeah. She's carrying it. It's got our car keys on it. She goes, puts it down. I take her picture. I'm not paying attention to that. We keep going. All right? We walk about a half mile down the road, and it's B- 
busy as shit down there, popping off down there. We go into this little brewery. We love breweries. We try to try. We hit them when we travel. And I never get carded because I am starting to look like an old man with all these grays in my beard. And usually when Sam's with me, she <laughs> doesn't get carded either. She looks young. When she's by herself, she gets carded. But normally she de- never gets carded. Right. And because it's like a tourist town, they're like real particular. So I'm like, yeah, let me get this. Okay, let me see your ID. I pop my ID out. Here you go. Sam's like, oh, I'll take this. Okay, where's your ID? And she like, looks at me and she goes, do you have my ID? Where's my wallet? And I was like, hmm? Your what? <laughs> my wallet. Oh, and we're you looking around, and I'm like, all right, I'll be right back. Now I'm sprinting down the road. She's got, by the way, this is all leading up to the fact that we're about to close on a house, and we need our ideas. Right, right, right. It's not even about the cash and the credit cards, things like that. It's the identification issue and the right, car key right. issue. That's yeah. a minor issue. I'm sprinting. Well. For me, it's a sprint. For for most other athletes, it was probably a, f- a fat jog. <laughs> now I'm running, and I'm like, I'm just going to go back up to the hotel room. I think she left it in the hotel room. And then as I'm running past, I'm like, you know what? Let me just go look over here real quick. I run over. Sure enough, right where I took her picture, she had put it behind her so it wasn't in the photo, and it was just sitting right there. It's just sitting there. And there's, like, all these touristy people walking around. And I go and I grab it, and I'm like, holy shit. And I open it up. There's all the cash. Her, all her stuff is there. Her ID is mm-hmm. there. She's calling mm-hmm. me, calling me. I had, a, had my phone in my fanny pack. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I got it. I, I come sauntering back in. And I'm like smirking, you know. And I just plop it down. She'll have, a, she'll have the beer, you know. Right. Now, if that shit happened in Bro. fucking Philly, dude. No. Not only would it have been immediately stolen, but there would have been about... Oh. $20,000 racked up in four seconds of whatever yeah. bullshit that anybody could have gotten. And, like, right. we just sold our house. There's cash in the bank. Like, it could have gone horribly for us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've talked about this before. I felt like my hand was being held on the, on the, on the journey on this trip to, to get to this home. And we're like, whoo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Now let's... Now let's have a beer. And then this little old couple comes, sits down next to us. And I'm like, man, God bless Arkansas. And this lady's like, yeah, you know it. And we start talking. <laughs> we start talking. And I'm like, she's like, oh, what's going on? I was like, oh, and I tell her what just happened. She's like, man, that's amazing. She's like, yeah, out in Texas, that doesn't really happen. I'm like, oh, you're from Texas. No kidding. Whereabouts? She's like, oh, but I don't know, whatever town. It's like 60 miles from our new house. And I'm like, right. oh, what, do you, what are the odds of that? So we start talking. Turns out her husband is a drummer. Uh, right, they got a thirty. Cosmic, they got cosmic, a thirty. Baby. They got a thirty-two-year-old son, who's a Steelers fan. It's like, what is going on here? So we're having a drink. I go to the bathroom. I come back, and Sam's like, "Hey, they invited us to dinner up at their hotel." And I'm like, "Fuck it, why not? Let's go." So right. we go, and you, and everyone, everyone, listen to this. I encourage you go check out my Instagram story because, like, all this is uh, documented, and you see our our friends. Uh, Gaina and, and Russell. So we go up to this rooftop bar. This awesome musician is there. Um, I want to give him a shout out. He uh, he actually subscribed to the pod and uh, he's been messaging me. Real cool guy. Uh, his name is Josh Stewart. 
and Josh mm. Stewart music on Instagram. Uh, Josh Stewart music, all one word. Awesome, awesome singer songwriters using Looper. He's doing all sorts of stuff, and uh, we connect, shake hands. He's you know go through the Instagram thing. But anyway, we have a great great night at dinner. Go back to the hotel, having a good time. Another band playing. Go to this really cool like rooftop bar that's cut into a mountain. So like wow, the one side of it is like a raw mountain wall. Like a route, like a mountain bar. Basically, it was. was I've yeah. never seen anything like it. So then, from from there, it's like, okay, we're going to Fort Worth. The next stop, next stop is the great state of Texas. Yeehaw! Yes. Let's get it, boy. Texas. So so we cruise we cruise into Texas, and I had sent you that photo. The three of us, um, mm-hmm. once we crossed over into the great state of Texas, and I'll tell you what, it was like a very emotional moment for us. Like we did it, we made it this far. And we're 180 miles from home, baby. We're almost there. Wow. We almost there. So we we get, you know, we go over to the house. And now we haven't closed on it yet, so we haven't seen it. I I still hadn't yet to be inside the house. But for me, for the first time, I'm seeing the house. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous house. And I'm, like, crying. I'm, like, I'm so happy. This is great. Our future. Yeah, bro. blah, blah, Blah. Here's the park. This is awesome. Then we go get situated at our Airbnb. As promised, I went out, bought my cowboy boots. Boom. Day one. Booted. Okay? Shout out to Tacova. Nice. Great Texas boot. Now, when you buy a home, Daryl, you know, you go through a walkthrough prior to closing, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's common. Common practice. And that's to make sure that the house is in the same condition as it is when you agreed to contractually purchase the property. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, Monday, 9 a.m. We get to the house Monday, 9 a.m. The current owners, I got to be careful now what I say here for legal reasons. Okay. We get to the house, they're leaving, and they're like, something seems weird. And I don't want to speculate, but the wife was off, weird, mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. You know when you, you, you come across somebody, you're just like, ooh. Like your your absolutely sp- your spider senses are tingling. Like, mm, yep, okay. yep. Exactly what that's what that what that is. We're walking up to the house, and I notice like bird poop all over this one spot, on the like right by the door. Sam's mm. like, "Oh, there's a nest up there. We got to take care of." I'm like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense. Bird's nest. It's like a big grand opening, right? Big old archway." big old bird nest up there and these birds are shitting all over the thing i'm like ah whatever that's not uh that's not too big a deal we open Mm. the door take a step in wow what a beautiful entrance i can't believe this is ours take about two more steps and i go what the fuck is going on here there is shit all over the place whoa there the house is a fucking mess and i'm talking this is the day we close now we we had left our former home in immaculate condition we were arguing about like spider webs in the corner of the garage and i'm like babe that's gonna be fine you could have eaten off the tile floor from the house we left i mean it was right perfect yeah and like when the when the the new owners of our home they went for their walkthrough i texted our realtor like hey everything good like yeah no complaints i said everything's great Great. Pleasure doing business with you. Boom, boom. We'll see you in Texas. These former owners, because now we do own the home, uh, did not reciprocate. 
okay? Mm. And and we're walking around, and it's like the only things that aren't in the house are, like, the TVs and the fish tank. Like, there's so much shit everywhere. And then we walk into the kitchen, and it's like I can only equate it to a frat house, okay? A literal wow. frat house. Like, multiple cups of half-drank milk, pizza cutter with pizza all over it in the sink, oh. Di- random dishes in the sink, food in the sink, stuff over every single surface. Magnets still in the refrigerator. The pantry is full. And I'm like, at this point, I had dressed up nice because it was supposed to be my also my first day on my new job. Right. right after closing, I wanted to wear my cowboy boots to closing. I'm strutting around in my cowboy boots. And I say, like, okay, prepare to get fucked. Like, we're getting fucked here. That's Take a look around. This is what getting fucked looks like, if you weren't sure, okay? Wow. And I'm like, there's no way that they're going to be out of this house by Friday. It's impossible. Right. Now, we had a, agreed to a lease back, which is, take it, uh, I'm no realtor. Don't ever agree to a lease back, folks. It essentially means they get to live in your house that you just purchased for free, and they get the money. So they get the money, they get to live in your house, you get nothing but stress and an ulcer uh, worrying about what the fuck's happening to your property. Walk, Take a walk around the kitchen island. I love children, Daryl, you know this. I love kids. I'm very yeah. empathetic. Mm-hmm. I love children. I just, yeah. the joy, I find myself smiling at little boys and girls and just being like, oh man, they're so cute. Look at that, the, the wonderment in their eyes, the, the future that they have, the, the things they don't know yet. Boy, wait till they find out about taxes. Right. Um, all that stuff. This little fucking kid colored all over the kitchen island with markers. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, what the fuck is this? Wow. This is unacceptable. It wasn't like this when you guys came here. How dare these people enter a contractual agreement to sell their home to us and treat it like this? This is fucking disgusting. And it right. goes beyond disgust. It's 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 disrespectful. Like this right. is there's a certain decorum that's involved in a in a in a real estate transaction. There's a certain amount of mutual respect because I have something you want, which is a property. And you have something I want, which is a lot of cash. Right. And I'm going to give you a lot of cash in exchange for that property. And then that property is going to become ours. Right. You've got to respect that. And even if, like, the people that bought our house, if it's like, oh, they're a little weird, uh, whatever, uh, you honor them. You respect them. Okay, hey, it's right. going to be their house. They want to walk right. through. They're immediately talking about how they're going to rip this out and knock that. W- whatever, man. Whatever. That's going to be your house. Okay, we'll leave. These people did not do that house is disaster wow. we had put it in the contract that a a professional cleaning was a was a term of the conditions for a lease back so meaning if you want this house for free for five days you better have this fucking thing spotless when we leave because right. we don't want to be coming in your sh- coming in your shit here i go again talking about come there it is there it is <laughs> we don't be walking into your shit and it's also like you know covid time you just it's different things are different now when you're buying a house post covid right right you go, we go into the ba- the master bathroom, and like the 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 wife's earrings are like on like a little jewelry stand. Like all her jewelry stands 
and the jewelry's just like on it still, as if like she's got somewhere to be tonight, and she's going out. She's gonna put on her fucking earrings and her makeup and like go. Right. And I'm thinking like your job is to get the fuck out of our house. Like that's all you should be doing right now is focusing on getting out. And the and the reason they needed the lease back was their daughter was graduating kindergarten or some bullshit. Whatever. Again, I, yeah, I man, love, like, I, I, but this yeah. is this is so so fucked up. Right. We go upstairs, and now I'm like, I'm like flashing back to Nashville. Yeah. I'm getting so pissed off, and I'm right. trying not to upset my wife because I know she's, I know what she's thinking, and she's like, "What have we done? This was a mistake, right?" She's like, "What what's going on here? What do we?" Do? Right. And like, right. I'm like, guys. Shout out to Lacey Kavner at Properties Real Estate in Dallas, amazing realtors, took great care of us. I'm like, Lacey, this is unacceptable. We will not close today, period. Not going to happen. They could stay in the house till Friday. We're pushing the closing till Friday. They're not getting a fucking penny out of us until this shit's empty. Like, sorry, not happening. Because they needed our money to buy their next house, all right? Right. We get upstairs into the loft, and the loft area is like where the daughter's playroom was. And, dude... It, again, frat house, every six inches in this 20 by 20 giant living area covered in filth. Like, God, like, dude. like an AC Moore exploded with a limited two and then a tornado hit it. Like, how can you live like this? Number one, you filthy fucking animals. How do you live like wow. this? Number one. Number two, how dare you? Treat this property like this when you're under contract at this point, we had put a deposit in and there's like there's stages of a of a of a real estate transaction where it's like okay you've put a deposit in you sort of may soon own this then it's like you get past the option period it's like okay well if one of you backs out the other one's fucked uh, right. and then it's like by that point we basically own the house pending our signatures that's it right that's where you are when you're going through a walkthrough like right. the money is in the escrow everything is locked in and you're like what are we doing here so like so, when Sam went down, like was this place house spotless? Was fine. And then yeah, house was was fine. They just trashed it in the last since like why would April. They, why since would whenever they that fucking was. do that? Like, well, I've got I've got a couple theories. Theory number one: they planned to fuck us, meaning hmm. they were going to try to squat in the house. Hmm. Theory number two: they are trash people, and there's some sort of I'm not, and again, I'm not going to speculate some sort of, let's call it mental capacity issue that prohibits you from living in a clean area. Cause like, I don't know if you've ever been in a hoarder's house, but there's yeah. a very different, it, there's a difference between like people joke like, Hey, hey I'm a hoarder. Look, I've got my concert tickets since the middle school. No, you just, you're a collector of things and you maybe just keep too much shit. Right. When there's like fucking a, a family of three has 15 glasses of, of old milk in the sink, that strikes me as somebody who's a filthy animal. Right. Now, they had some issues, apparently. I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate. But they were, like, basically in a hard way to get out of this. And, you know, you see financial, like, you see some financial information of, other, of, of the buyer and seller when you're doing this. They know how much cash you have. They know what your interest rate is so they can figure out what your credit is and all this stuff. So you have a good idea of what's going on there. And then we get in there. It's just a disaster. And now I will say nothing like structurally wrong, no holes in the wall. It's just it's just shockingly dirty. 
and shockingly right. full of stuff. And w- knowing how hard it was to get our two people's worth of stuff out of one house that was half the size. Again, we're moving into a house that's more than double the size, and it's right. filled to the gills with their shit. And I'm like, wow. there's no way they're getting this out. And I'm like, okay, what the hell are we going to do? We go to the closing table, and we're negotiating, going back and forth. The realtor, and like again, I'm not going to say who this was. She was horrible. She was right. totally rude and callous. Oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. We intend to close today, and that's it, and they'll be out on Friday. Tough luck. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I th- what happened with the decorum and the respect? And, like, we gave you that. I felt like everything they asked for, we complied with. They wanted an early closing. Here's an early closing. You want you want the money wired? We'll, do, we'll, money, we'll wire you the money. You want a lease back for five days? We'll let you live in our house for free for five days. So now I'm like, all right, we got to get a lawyer involved. Now, I love the company I work for, man. They've had my back this whole way. They were so generous in helping us get to Texas. I, I sent a text to my new boss. I'm like, hey, man, you know a good lawyer, real estate lawyer. Calls me immediately. Sends me a number. Gives me the phone number of our the general counsel, our, our executive counsel for the yeah. company. Okay, for a global transportation company, all right? Right, yeah. Let's just say high-powered guy. I call him. He goes, I've never talked to this guy. Why would I? I have no reason to. Right, right, right. And I'm like, all right, here's what's going on. Bang, bang, bang. He's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's taking notes. He's like, all right, all right. Don't say anything to anybody. I'll call you back in 30 minutes. Okay. And I'm like, this is weird. Five minutes later, phone rings. It's him. Hey, call this guy. Tell him what you told me. I'm going to do some more research. Okay. Click. Call the, call the lawyer. And he's like, well, basically, every state has different rules for squatters. California, New York, Philadelphia... Pennsylvania, most of PA, you basically are shit out of luck if somebody squats in a house that you own. You can't do shit, and especially after COVID, like there's all these for hard, hard, heartache provisions and whatever. Right. And I'm like, okay, at what point can I go over there with my drill, change the locks, and just physically drag their shit out of the house and kick them out of our property? Like, what, what point can I do that? They're like, well, unfortunately, no point. And they're like, well, if they refuse to leave. You got to issue him this d- summons, notify him, evict them, uh, go to the go to the sheriff. The sheriff will come and pull their shit out because they were saying weird things like, "Oh, they plan to, they plan to leave the house clean." And it's like, I'm sorry, motherfucker. You, it's it better be more than a plan. It better be yeah. like you're betting your life on it. <laughs> otherwise, right, right. Otherwise, me and this lawyer friend of mine. Are gonna we might sue you and take your child like that's how much right that's how hard we're gonna come down on you right and then you find out it's like getting blood from a stone like how do you what, what can you get out of people that have nothing you know right the answer is you can garnish their wages which is again a very callous and hard thing and again I'm not someone who gets into bar fights just like I wasn't in Nashville I'm right. also not someone whose first response is like let's sue them right that's like a last right line of defense for me right so the lawyer garnish rages right (laughs) (laughs) so the lawyer's like well if they don't have any money you know uh, the 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 contract that you sign makes them a tenant in sufferance which effectively means they're fucking you and you know you you go you get the court date it'll take about a month but the sheriff ultimately the the sheriff in texas will come escort them out of the house 
by force. They'll actually handcuff, like if they have to, they'll arrest them to take them out of the house. And then the sheriff will hire a crew that day to remove all their belongings and they put it on the front lawn. And then they have 24 hours to get their shit off your lawn or then you can just throw it out and then the sheriff sends them a bill and then they have to provide you restitution and if they can't make that restitution you would be able to garnish their wages for as long as it takes to get your money back you would be a first lien on their on their like you could we could effectively take their next house that they're planning to buy and I'm like, well, Lord, I hope it don't come to that. Right. So here we are. It's Thursday. Okay. Damn, bro. Today, today? Thir- today is Thursday, bro. This is fucking crazy. We're bro. supposed to be, and, and this will be, uh, we're going to release this tonight. This will be, you know, tomorrow. They're supposed to be out of there today. They said, oh, they've got the movers. Oh, bro, we go into the garage. Like, he's still got his leaf blower plugged into the charger. And, like, cans of paint and like shit on every shelf and I mean like a shocking amount of stuff and I'm like what is their what exactly is their plan because again I have an insight to moving costs and transportation costs and how much it costs for labor and I'm like they can't afford how are they who are they paying to do this how is this going to get done right oh we plan to we plan to so all week my wife and I have been basically shell shocked and emotionally distraught over the reality that we may have just sold our house, moved halfway across the country, bought the house to have it squatted in, and we may have to do serious legal work to, to like, think about that. In the United States of America, in the great state of Texas, in a position where you can't go into what's legally yours. Wow. Imagine that. Wow. Now, our realtor, I talked to her right before I got on the pod here with you, and she said everything's on track. They, they Apparently the movers came today, and whatever's left, they have a junk hauler coming to take everything out. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of junk. Yeah. The cleaners are coming tomorrow to clean everything. Their dog was shitting all over the lawn. I went out. Uh. I went out in our backyard, and I went through like meticulously to make sure there was. I wasn't leaving literal shit behind. I told our agent. I said, "Listen to me. If there's one turd in this yard, I'm gonna collect it. I'm gonna put it in a bag, and I'm gonna FedEx it to the agent. And I'm gonna say, please forward this to your seller. This is theirs. I may be in a position where I'm gonna f- I'm gonna FedEx shit across the country." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking do it, do I mean, it bro. I mean, what, why not? At that point, what do you, what do you have do to do? It. Lose? Just get a giant bag and just fucking. I thought it might be better to do it like a one, like a, a thirty days of shit type scenario. Like, yeah, man. Here's turd number one on Monday. Oh, another turd. Oh my God, we've gotten turds in the mail for eleven days with no return sender. Where did Absolutely. these turds come from? They came from me, sis. Yeah, yeah. So, as of right now, my I'm being positive because that's what we do on the Everyman Podcast, and so I believe that tomorrow we'll be moving into our house, and I've got our movers set up for Sunday. Dude, on a lighter note, we went to this 
I'm asking the guys around, you know, hey, where, where's a good place to get furniture? You go to these fucking furniture stores, Ashley Furniture, whatever, Rooms rooms to Go. I kept calling it Rooms Togo. And you <laughs> go in like and you're it. like, this looks like wood, but it's uh, plastic, you know, and it's like $1,900. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is dog shit. They're like, no, right. no, no, bro, bro. You got to go to Nebraska Furniture Mart. I'm like, what is Nebraska Furniture Mart? Again, Google, pop Nebraska Furniture Mart into Google. It's a Warren Buffett-owned company. It's one of his development deals and what and it there's three of them in the country this is the largest furniture store in the u.s five hundred and sixty thousand square feet of furniture and goods a hundred acre it's a hundred acre compound they have like a five-story garage you go in there and they have dude they had this fucking rig that you sit in with a chair with like all these screens around it and hooks up to a pc and it's like a fucking flight simulator like 18 grand boom it'll deliver on monday like <laughs> like uh, beds uh, appliances lawn mowers uh hair dryers every color kitchenaid mixer you've ever seen fake grass like i mean you're walking through you're like holy shit they sell basketballs here they got ipods like it was like going to a furniture store that had a best buy in it and a walmart in it and, like, uh, you can also buy a car there. Like, they have golf carts. Like, you could buy John Deere 4x4s, like the, the side-by-side 4x4s. Mm-hmm. Uh, unbelievable. So we go there. We get our, we're getting our appliances. We're getting our, our bed set and all this stuff. So I believe we're going to be in there tomorrow because this trip has been – we've been guided. You know, we've been blessed the whole way through from the beautiful, easy trip, no speeding tickets, no bullshit, to the – miraculous situation in Nashville where no one gets hurt and the hotel ends up being free. Everybody gets out safe and sound to almost losing everything on a bench in hot springs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everything's happened the right way for us. Now, if I go in there tomorrow and the kitchen counter is covered in marker, I'm going to lose my shit for sure. And they're going to have to pay for that. And then another weird thing happened. We get a text like, oh, the key, you know, you get the keys at closing. They're like, oh, they changed the locks. And I'm like, I'm sorry, excuse me, what? Oh, what? well, they're keeping the digital locks. So they get, and I'm like, well, you're not supposed to do that. Like, once the house is sold, they do not have the right to do anything. So that makes it, you know, mm. a little extra suspicious and stressful. But they're like, no, they put a lockbox on it. So they're blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Yeah. So we basically, long story short, we've gone all this way. And we've got, it's like running a marathon. You cross the finish line, you yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, hey, asshole, there's actually six more miles to go. Keep keep going. We we put the finish line in the wrong spot. Sorry. Keep Just fucking keep going. You're like, uh, what? Yeah, just keep going. You got a little bit more. A little bit more. So here Hell we yeah. are, a little bit more, a little bit longer. And hopefully, God willing, tomorrow we'll get into our house. All their shit will be gone. Everything will be clean. And uh, we'll be home. But until then, I don't know, bro. It's crazy, man. It's fucking crazy. But got to stay positive, man. You'll be in there. You have to. We'll be in there. So every man and every woman listening to this podcast, please, please, please say a little prayer 
for you, Brother Jay. If you're not a religious person, just think a positive thought. Send it our way. Wherever you are on the map, send it west, send it north, send it east. If you're Dylan Dickstein and you're in outer space, send it down to earth. Just say a little positive thing for us because I'll tell you what, man. This has been stressful and, like, we just want this to be over. And uh, I texted my realtor earlier, our realtor, and I was like, man, never been so excited to actually get into something that you already own. Like, how weird is it that you're like, hopefully, you know? It's wild, man. Wild. So, so big takeaways from this. One, the South rules, all right? Very friendly people. A lot of great, great things to see. Number two, maintain your cool at all times. In a physical altercation, at the closing table when you suspect that uh, you may be dealing with squatters. And, you know, go to Nebraska Furniture Mart. It's fucking sick. They got, I mean, they got it all. They, they got everything there. Uh, shout out to Greg over there at the Furniture Mart. Hooked us up real, real, real nice. Like, dude, no tax, too. They do this shit down here where they, like, don't, they have tax-free shopping holidays in Texas where, like, you can buy appliances that are, like, n- no tax. It's fucking sick. You got to love it. So, uh, yeah, man. Deep in the heart of Texas. We're almost home. Hopefully... We'll be, uh, like I said, we'll be in there soon. And uh, next time next time we uh, connect here on the Everyman Podcast, we're going to be in our home, and it's going to be from our home. And then who knows what's happening there. But uh, I'll tell you what. Until then, my brother, another week, another pod. Positive vibes, my Positive vibes deep in the heart <laughs> of Texas. We'll catch you next week, folks. Yeah. Stars at night are big and bright Deep in the heart of Texas The prairie sky is wide and high Deep in the heart of Texas The sage and blue is like perfume Deep in the heart of Texas Reminds me of the one I love Deep in the heart of Texas Recording? Three, two...